Hey friends, I want to take just a moment to thank our newest Patreon members, Jill W and Larry H. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. It really means a lot. And if you too would like your own shout out on a future episode, you can check out how to become a Patreon. Uh, the link is down in the show notes. And I hope you guys enjoy this upcoming episode. Welcome to the Yoga Ann Podcast. I am your host, Ashley, a yoga meditation teacher and an embodiment teacher, living, learning, and loving every day here in beautiful Austin, Texas. I am curious about all things yoga and, and lately I've been interested in the people in the yoga and mind-body world who are contributing to their communities in creative and innovative ways. Today, we'll explore the subject of yoga and all the things. I'm especially excited about this episode because I'll be interviewing foodie, world traveler, and yoga teacher, Sam Pullen. We will be discussing all about yoga and balance, discomfort, boundaries, and so much more. I know you're going to enjoy this episode as Sam brings up a lot of interesting points. So sit back, relax and enjoy the episode y'all joining us on today's episode is foodie world traveler and yoga teacher sam pullen hey sam how are you i am pretty good how are you i'm doing great i'm doing great uh would you like to introduce yourself a little bit more to me um, yes, I would. Uh, well, Ashley, I have to say I'm just excited here to be here with you as a friend and fellow yoga teacher. As you mentioned before, yes, I am a, a foodie. Uh, I'm, I'm also a yoga teacher and traveler. I'm really just a person who loves to do what she loves to do. And that's, and that's it. The good and bad and everything in between. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and that's, that's pretty much my gym jam that's sam in as many as few words as possible cool so yeah. sam i know you're a yoga teacher i always like to know what is your definition of yoga to you personally yoga as a definition um i don't even really i don't even like to think of it or to take it back um yoga is my love yoga is my anchor it's not even a definition, it's the thing. <laughs> Yoga is my jam. <laughs> Yoga is my jam. Um, whenever, being yoga teachers, we've talked about, you know, what is yoga to all of us all the time, and it's ever evolving. And for me, I find that yoga, when I'm asked the question, honestly, becomes a story of what is yoga becoming in my life? And... Um, I'm sure you're ask, you'll ask, but I just rant at the mouth, so here we go. Um, I started with yoga when my friend was getting married, my best friend Megan, I love you. I don't know if I should have done that, but okay. Um, was getting married and we were getting in shape, really like doing circuits and hit and all that jazz, if I'm saying any of it right. And then she introduced me to yoga with Adrienne because she wanted to get not just strong, but like cute that long like slender cute we all want uh -huh, uh -huh. and i was like yeah i'll do anything i'm the bridesmaid let's go and i really fell in love with it at the same time my mom uh she was 
going, she was diagnosed with cancer and she was uh, fighting breast cancer at the time. So uh, yoga in general became something really deep for me, just going through that process and finding balance. And then <laughs> um, I'm super spiritual and the universe is always this guiding light. As I continued my journey of yoga with my friend Megan, we came to Austin to do the whole yoga with Adrian thing. I practice and then I promise you, like I uh, went to the bathroom after class and like in the restroom at like eye level, just leaving that image there, there's a sign to do yoga, to do yoga teacher training. And I, if something pops in my mind, like you've got the money, you've got the time, just enough to make it work. And before I know it, two, three years down the road, I've quit any sort of regular life. I'm a full-time teacher, 200 hour teacher certified, 300 hours certified, and now working to become a yoga therapist or studying to become a yoga therapist. So wow. yoga is, is everything. <laughs> Serendipitous. And not only that, you also teach at practice. Yes, so it's like full circle. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Thank you. Thank you. So what, in terms of balance, what does balance feel like to you in yoga? What does balance look like in your life? What, what do you mean by balance exactly? Well, um, to draw back with uh, the story I just laid out to you before, yoga came to me at a point in my life where it was very light and open. It also came to me at a point in my life where it was very heavy and strong. And so when I think of yoga as in balance, it's able, it's... Um, really being able to take a stolid step whether life is you know hitting you with the good stuff or bad mm. and it's, i know i don't know if it was made clear I, you never know until you hear yourself say it um but that both of those times in my life actually overlap and it was yoga the thing that brought me that anchored me that balanced me that brought me through and um I mean, I don't know if I answered the question, but that's honestly from my heart, that's all I have to offer on that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like when you, it sounds like you answered the question in terms of uh, the lightness and the dark within life um, mm -hmm. in general. So acknowledging both the light and the dark that's happening. And it sounded like it was maybe more extreme during that time when you were in training, yeah. taking mm -hmm. care of your mother. And I, um, I'm curious about, uh, you mentioned before boundaries in that time, I believe in that time in your life, mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. you were learning boundaries and how that translated into teaching somehow. Would you want to talk more about boundaries and teaching and what you've learned? Well, yeah, yeah. I know I'm talking about myself as a student, but I can also talk about myself as a teacher. Um, my, I'd like, I'd like to take a step back for a moment and say what boundaries mean to me. Um, oftentimes in my mind, when I hear speak, people speak of boundaries, it's like this wall to keep things out. And in my mind, when I think of boundaries, it's about the extent of what you can give to there is no more. Mm, yeah. So, um, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I I talk about, whew, how do I put this? I've said to some people, as a yoga teacher, I do not coddle my students. I hold space. I am just the teacher. And you come with whatever you got going on on that mat. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so when I say boundaries, I think, I, I think, what do I want to offer my students? What do I appreciate as a student on the mat? Um, I came to yoga on my best days. I came to yoga on my worst days. And when I, I was able to come to yoga and be on that mat, the teacher took me as I was. There wasn't that they had to give me more or less. I didn't ask them for more or less. It just is what it is. And I think when uh, we draw boundaries, um, it's really just about just being where you are, nothing more, nothing less, nothing in between, without judgment, without expectation of. Um, it's also about sort of settling in and allowing, settling in in such a way that it allows for something deeper to rise up, to come up. Um, <laughs> when I think about boundaries, I think about safe space. I think about um, how to create safe space to then explore the deeper and richer things. Mm, yeah. And um, I don't know if we often take the time to explore the other side of that. And I know I keep talking about like light and dark and ne negative and positive. Um, but what I mean to say is there's so many perspectives to everything. And when we give time to say, okay, this is able to extend here in that direction. And this is able to extend here in that direction. And this is able to reach down in that direction. And this is able to reach up in that direction. Well, all of a sudden I know where I am. And now I have arrived where I am in my current space and time, no more and less. And there is a boundary around that because it can't go past or beyond what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, it sounds like you're allowing your students not only to feel safe and explore the light and the dark, but their entire humanity is welcome in their practice, not just exactly. the parts of them that are light chasers, you know, mm -hmm. but, but all mm -hmm. of it, the mm -hmm. real human, the, the, you know, the, the side that's of them that's like in a bad mood that day. They don't have exactly. to repress it in your class. They can, they can be that. Exactly. And especially in times like these where we're like, I don't know for all the teachers who are listening out there, if you're doing the Zoom classes, you know, sometimes you can see your students, sometimes you're not, depending on, you know, how they show themselves in the Zoom space. But it's like, you're, or you are in the privacy of your own home. You can have whatever experience you need or want to have. You can create for yourself. Because the only thing I can do for you as a teacher is offer an asana practice, the physical practice. Everything else is you. You can create the lighting. You can get the music, the temperature of the room, um, you know, all that gym jam. And then on top of that, if you need to let it out, let it scream, cry, do whatever. I, I like to, in studio spaces, I would tell my students, if all you need today is child's pose, I will bring you a blanket and a pillow. Let's set you up. I'm going to teach the class. And, you know, you do you. Because uh -huh. maybe you to that day it was safe space. If you need to come on the mat and maybe, you know, you call me inside and be like, hey, teach, I'm just letting you know that I would appreciate this today. Then I'm like, maybe we'll throw in some yoga coffee and I'll give you a little moment to yell with everyone else and we just won't talk about it after that. <laughs> you know, it's your business. I just, I just want to open it up, provide it. Because honestly, 
my deepest belief that I hold and want to offer to my, my students is, um, and to anybody and all people, not just my students, is that there is nothing in this universe that isn't meant to survive the environment it was born in. Mm. The elephant isn't born underwater. Pigs do not fly. <laughs> you know, like, you know now, now I'm not saying that every, every elephant and pig is happy where they are. But I am saying they, they are where they're supposed to be. We all are. And sometimes where you are or supposed to be um, in relation to things really sucks. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's really great. Yeah. I mean, and in either situation, we can find ourselves out of balance. But what if, what if we could connect to the one thing that's with us in all that we do? Our breath. Mm. What if we took time to be solid in our breath and explore, okay, my breath can go this far this way. My breath can go this far in that way. My breath can go this far in this way. And again, coming back to, okay, now I know where I am in time and space. Now I know what I am capable of doing. Now I know how far I can go without having to overexert myself or underexert myself. And now that I, and then on top of that, I'm not even sure if we're talking about this, but why not? On top of that, then you, I believe individuals, and I have felt this for myself, can then to create self-value. And then once I can create self-value, and I did all that work and noticed, well, hey, this other person is coming to class and if I'm learning self-value, then maybe they're learning self-value, okay? And so now we have these two people learning value. And before you know it, now we have a community learning value. And then before you know it, now we have a community that now values itself. Oh, yes. Yeah. So just coming into balance with that, exploring the possibilities of what is, the good and bad and everything in between. Because nothing, nothing, a little bit of stress can go a long way. Mm-hmm. Too much, too little, the Goldilocks effects. Coming back to that, 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 that golden light, the yellow brick road. It's not always pretty and clean, but no. it's, still it's still there. And that's what I love about when we talk about teaching yoga. You, you mentioned the, it's very real. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like yoga for real people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I think I told you once, I do not coddle my students like children. I was very like sassy about it. I do not coddle them like children. Yeah. Uh, you know, like if we, th- I'm sorry, I feel like I cut you off there, but like, oh, I love yoga. If we think about it, 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 it there are poses that do honor the child in, in us, child's pose to happy baby. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about in English, I'm not sure, quite sure about my Sanskrit. So please, my teachers, if you're out there, like, don't yell at me. I'm still learning. <laughs> But uh, but it's also the warrior's dance. Warrior one, warrior two, warrior three. Like it's also the warrior's dance. And sometimes that warrior has to stand up, and sometimes that warrior needs to sit down. But we don't know that warrior until we take time for self-study. So then it comes back to the breath. And how far can my breath go this way? And how far can my breath go that way? And then coming back to where I am in time and knowing that there's someone else that's next to me and finding that value again in self and community. It's all all a circle. I need to start taking your yoga classes. Come through. I do. I've been meaning to. Mm -hmm. Um, Does does nature at all inform how you teach yoga? Yes. Yes. Uh, Let me tell you through imagery because, you know, it's so much fun. Um, um, How do I put this? (laughs) 
I build, I, there are practices. I hate, I hate, I, I love yoga and telling people, yes, I teach yoga. And then I also love, hate it when I meet people who really know about yoga and they're like, what style? And I'm just like, well, how are you feeling today? And we'll go from there. Because <laughs> there's, yeah, totally. there's so much, right? Um, so how does nature inform my practice? Well, it's just like some practices sometimes are steady and sweet, like just chilling outside on a sunny day with like the wind in your hair. Mm. And then sometimes there is crap going on in your life and you get on the mat and it, it doesn't feel great until you get to the end of it. And for me, that shows up in, in nature and like in a storm. So, you know, a storm arises when there is um, um, an atmospheric imbalance in this particular area and then a storm comes. This storm then brings things into balance. And then let's, let's be honest, who doesn't love the smell of the air after a storm? I know, but yeah. A storm. So sometimes asana practice might be a little bit of a storm, but that meditation and shavasana afterwards, you know? And then sometimes, you know, practice is like a seed growing in the earth where, you know, you come in, you don't know what you're stepping into, seeds dropped into the ground. We don't know if it's right side up, upside down. We just bury it in the dirt. <laughs> now the seed is in a dark place and it's like, wait, what? Now I'm under pressure. Then the seed is met with the water from, uh, from uh, some unknown source. And now it's being, you know, drowned in water and you're in class and you're like sweating, you're sweating your guts down. You're like, wait, what? And then there's this heat pressure again from an unknown source that is the sun, but the seed doesn't know that. And before you know it, then the seed breaks. Roots grow. And then it comes out of that darkness and rises up. It's still got some other stuff to go through, but now it's not a seed anymore. It's a plant that is on a next journey, a transition. And in some dark, beautiful way, Shivasana, a sort of death, corpse pose, just to come back again into something new. Life, something a little bit light. So yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's the circle of life right there it's like just keep breathing that's all i got for you <laughs> yeah. well, and I, love, I love how you bring up the imbalance of the the pressure what did you say pressure imbalance from the storm or there's an yeah, imbalance imbalance that mm -hmm. totally is right i never think of it as an imbalance but that that totally makes sense the storm must come for that balance mm -hmm. to to come back. And then I loved how you were talking about the seed. It makes me think of that. I don't know where I heard that quote, but they say the most beautiful flowers grow in the biggest pile of crap. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like the imagery of that, like just, yeah. yeah. That imagery grows even deeper. Can we draw that image for a quick second? Yeah. Okay, so like I, when you said, I love the History Channel and Discovery Channel, sometimes like that's a great channel. Just let me be honest. Yeah. Uh, I remember like uh, watching one episode and talked about like uh, volcanoes in uh, Hawaii or somewhere and forests being completely like <sighs> trashed. And how does the forest come back? Well, literally there are wild animals that are able to survive some kind of way. They come back, eat what's there, and they crack seeds. Oh, oh yeah, they do that's do that. How it comes, that's how the forests come back <laughs> from, <laughs> from the seeds after the, this fire that has come and then been ravaged by savages for the 
when I say savages, I just mean like wild animals. I shouldn't have yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wild animals. Then for the wild animal to literally take a crap. Wow. Because I had to go to the bathroom that led to this yoga journey in my life. And now this Actually, That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> well, full circle. You gotta go through something to get to something. I love that. Wow. <laughs> Who would have thought a trip to the bathroom would change your life? Mm-hmm. The universe did so. The universe. So you mentioned you mentioned earlier you're really spiritual. Um, how how exactly is does that affect you as a yoga teacher and your teaching? How does that inform? Is are there any spiritual rituals you do before after? There is so many ways. Do we have the time of day? <laughs> <laughs> I just did a little dance there where y'all can't see it. Um, I'll start from, let's just, I like to deep dive. Uh, let's start with the first question uh, or the first bit of thing that came to my mind. Um, a story. So my mom uh, grew up with God in school and uh, we're generations apart, of course. So when it comes time for another child to go to school, she wants God in school and where we are, the best way to get that is private Catholic schools, even though we are a Baptist family. Christ is Christ, and you know, that's that. Uh -huh. So um, I was raised around spirituality from day one. Mm. Um, so, so in many ways, I would say it's just innate, it's a given from birth. Uh -huh. And then, but there are things that stuck with me. Um, one of them, and it's funny because the story has been rising up in my mind a lot lately, is um, the story I really love to refer to as the ram in the bush. And I hope I'm getting this right. My Bible teacher, please, if you hear this, don't be mad at me. <laughs> but most would think of it as Abraham and his son, Isaiah. God asks Abraham to take his son to sacrifice him. Abraham takes his son God steals his hand and he tells him, look in the bush. There's a ram in the bush to then take the, the place of his son for the sacrifice. Mm. Um, I consider myself an oddball, a strain, a diff just different from what are considered regular norms. And um, I say that to add to the story I just shared with you guys about the ram in the bush is going down the beaten path never felt right. But when I really walked to the beat of my own drum, despite the, the views and thoughts of others, like this idea of Abraham killing his own son, oh my God, every time there's been a ram in the bush. No matter how odd or crazy the thing I was working toward seemed and the outcome that seemed inevitable to come from it, and that, there's always been a ram in the bush. Um, so the way spirituality works for me in my practice is to sit down long enough to be a listener to sit down long enough to be a listener to myself, to my students, to families, to friends, mm -hmm. and then move when, 
move when move when it feels right to move when the world is still enough to take a solid step and stop when it feels like it's time to stop mm. and just notice what's there because what if you didn't take the time to notice and hear about the ring of the bush mm-hmm. but he did but he did it's that, it's that, it's that moment when you do the, the crazy stuff. And that's why I'm, I said in the beginning, I love to do the good and the bad and everything between, because you are meant to survive your environment and whatever it is, if you sit down long enough and notice what's there for you. Because mm. the universe provides. The universe always provides. There is a part of the Bible, so, to, so when I say that, there's a part of the Bible that I'm pretty sure I'm misunderstanding about a raven. I think it's just like one or two verses. And it's something like, the raven does not worry about where its feathers come from. The raven does not worry about what it eats. The raven is just the raven. Mm. You just, you can, you, you can just be who you are, whether it's, you know, against the grain or with the grain, whether the sun's shining or whether it's storming. But if you keep breathing, if you take the time to notice, take a second to sit down and settle in and be true to your nature. That's the only thing a so that's the only thing a storm can do. That's the only thing a seed can do. That was the only thing you could do when you came out the womb, and that's the only thing you can do in this moment in time. It's just what it is. It sounds like the pausing is, might be, is it you connecting to alignment that is connecting to something higher than you? Is that how you would describe it? I would, honestly, I would describe it as um, inner wisdom. Mm. Um, Like you are God, in a sense. Well, not so much that you are God, but you are connected to source. Yes. Yes. You're connected to something deeper, connected to a a deeper sense of what is the next step? Because I think it's always a journey. It doesn't stop. Like, yes, things change from one thing to another, but it doesn't really stop. It's just in continuing on. Mm. But there is that transition there, like the soft spot. I don't, for like, uh, how do I put this? There, I was talking with a friend one day about like, when do we wake up? And I wake up at five in the morning and he, and, uh, he, we were talking about how we both like that time of day because it's just like you can get everything done just before the rest of the world wakes up. There's nothing like that moment in time. And another friend I was talking about, you know, when you go on a vacation, you kind of almost need a, a vacation day after the vacation itself and just before you have to return to life. And there's something about that, that sweet day or hour before you have to transition that's just like anti-gravity. Mm, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. <laughs> you know, you know. And why not live that moment in your life? Why not take a moment to notice that? Mm-hmm. And why not take that moment, let it sit with you for a little while and see what it brings, what level of, of, of existence it brings you into next? Because mm. nobody said you had to return back to the stuff you were dealing with before. You just have to deal with it and go through it for right now. Oh. Plus, 
let's be honest, if we want to talk about by the, the Christian, like how does Christianity color my life, color my teaching, the last person who was looking back got salty. I'm talking about Lot's wife. She got salty for looking back. Nobody wants to be salty. No. Yeah. You have to know that story to get that one. Uh, All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they, they're running from a, a big problem, and, the, and God made run, well, do not look back. And she looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. Like, literally. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay turned into a, a pillar of salt. <laughs> she okay. got a little salty. She got a little salty. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But there, there are many, there are many stories, and I say that yes, I am Christian. Yes, that colors me. But it's not so much. Um, it's the lessons learned. Mm. It's the truths about myself that I learned from those lessons, and honestly, it's also how do I put this? It's also the truth, the truth that I learned around learning those lessons. Those lessons were offered to me in such a way where I could make my own decision for what it meant to me. And that was really, that's really the gift I would like to share with my students is space enough for whatever is coming around you to land, to mean something for you. Not my definition of it, but what is yours? Mm. What is the definition of you as a warrior when things are good? What is the definition of you as a warrior when things are bad? Mm. Are they the same warrior? Can you find balance there? Wow, that is a that is a great a great way to put it because I feel like people focus on the warrior when things are good. I mean, that's just that's great. That know? is great. <laughs> but the, when things are bad, like I don't think that's ever really a question people no. have. No, very well. And like, I, I, but, but I think like, why not? That's yeah. the fun part. I, sorry, but I also really love movies. And, and um, this thing was coming around. I think you've had Giaconda Parker on the show before. Mm -hmm. And she actually taught in my 300 hour. And she taught us a bit about the hero's journey. And there, there is nothing. There, the hero's journey is not complete until he goes through the bad stuff. And let's be honest, who doesn't love a good bad guy? Yeah. Think about your favorite movies. Like. <laughs> <laughs> right. I want to laugh when things are good. I want to laugh when things are bad. I want to do it all. Everything in between. I want the anti-gravity when I'm high and my low. I want it all, all the time. And, and, and uh, how, do I, how do I put this? Um, I just don't see why you can't explore. I don't yeah. see why you can't be the journey. I'm just thinking of um, maybe a reason could be, you think maybe fear, people don't, people fear the dark as a collective or in general. Yes, yes I do. I think people fear the dark. But, and to that I would like to encourage and say, yes, it's okay, that's okay. And in some ways, <laughs> ooh, I'm, I'm, oh, I feel like I shouldn't say this, but in some ways, I've kind of wish the name of the podcast was um, Discomfort. It's okay to be okay with your discomfort. But- Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's um, totally okay, yeah. But it's, um, 
oh, I shouldn't have said that because now my thoughts are coming as quickly as they can go and back and forth and in between. We but, could do a slash. We could do yoga and balance slash discomfort if you want to call it that. And then yeah. you can share us your thoughts on discomfort. Yeah, why not? Because it seems like I'm going to do that anyway. Yeah, do it. So what are your, what are your thoughts, Sam? Oh, uh, discomfort. Well, I mean, like, I brought up the bad guy and the whole, like, hero's journey and going through it and even laughing or finding the darkness of it, but, uh, or, like, finding the positivity to, to get through it and finding the balance of your warrior and good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, or not good and bad, but just, you know, the spectrum of what, what life can be and then you ask me about fear fear in my mind really comes from not knowing Mm. and if we took the time to recognize our warrior our inner warrior in the good times in the bad times and everything in between we can i feel we can meet fear with curiosity Mm. and now the unknown is still there but now we've dropped the negativeness of it Mm -hmm. because there are things you can't see in the dark at all there are also things you cannot see in the light Mm. just the lights turned on doesn't mean it stopped being dangerous it just means it might, you can see a little bit better. Yeah. So if we could look at fear, have this inner warrior who is now knowledgeable of its own or their own selves in the good and bad, can say and meet this fear with curiosity. And then curiosity from of the unknown can then become exploration and journey, Mm. exploration, journey, discovery to maybe even adventure. And now we're back on the upswing of that hero's journey. Oh, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) That that is awesome. What, What would you say about healing in that? Would healing come into place when you're going through the darkness or what, what do you say about that? Like, I'm going to say about that healing is innate inside of you. So I mentioned that I'm studying uh, yoga therapy. I have studied with my teacher, Shanti Kelly, for a while now. And I want to share with you something she taught me. And I hope I say it right. Please do not quote me on this. But I hope I say it right. But it's still beautiful and lovely and it feels good. So again, why not? Yeah. Um, in your body, at your T12 and L1, mm-hmm. sits your adrenal glands. Underneath your adrenal glands are your kidneys. And if we travel up your spinal cord, there are nerves that come up through your mind to meet your hippocampus and your amygdala. Mm. And if I'm saying this correctly, your amygdala controls your fight, flight, and freeze response, your response to fear. And your hippocampus controls your calmed and sound reasoning. We we take the time in an asana practice to twist at our T12 and L1 
at those adrenals and kidney glands that are in your body. We help to shrink the amygdala. We help to shrink the body's response in the way of fear, in the way of fight, flight, or freeze. Oh. And give it more access to calm reasoning. Wow. I say that to say it is healing is innate inside of you because to come back to it again, there is nothing in this universe that wasn't meant to survive the environment that it's in. Mm. The human body is a self-healing thing to start with. It is, yeah. But if you can remember to breathe just long <laughs> enough to come back to it, to value yourself. <laughs> I love it. It does. It just keeps on coming back. Uh-huh. It just keeps on coming back. I think healing isn't it. You are your best resource for all that you do. And yet somehow we have forgotten. And as a younger teacher, I just want to give you space enough to figure it out for yourself once again. And that's truly empowering when you do that for others. Mm -hmm. it is. It's fun. It's, it's, who doesn't love a beautiful forest? Who doesn't love happy people? Yeah. It might mean you have to see people cry sometimes. Mm. Yeah. And that's okay too. Yeah. That's okay. So what what are you curious about right now in terms of yoga? It could just be other things in your life. Um curious about I am <laughs> I'm curious about voice acting, to be honest. Oh, for you. Thank you so much. I am genuinely curious about it. I was an au pair um, when I was younger and my, my I taught, I, I was an au pair in Spain and in Germany. And my German kids, they already had very good English. Um, and they had tons and tons of books in English. And Wait, we, what's, what's an au pair? Sorry to interrupt, but what's an oh, au pair? No, no, I'll go back and explain. So an au pair, oh. um, I was a nanny, basically. Oh, cool. Yes, and uh, just a nanny from abroad and uh, speaking a different language. So my family wanted their children who already had English, they wanted them to have more colloquial American English. So they, they uh, that's, you know, why they, why I was able to go over there. Cool. So um, our, to come back to it, our, the kids, we, went, we ran out of all the stories. And so I had to eventually start making them up. Oh. And I loved it. I loved it. That was just like my favorite time of day. And I just really hated it when they would get in trouble because story time became everyone's favorite thing. And oh. one kid messed it up and screwed it up for all of us. And I just be like, oh, no, we got to really great so we can keep story time. No, but I loved it. And from there, I have, uh, I've always been interesting in voice acting and just like reading and just, um, I, <sighs> Voice is such a beautiful and powerful thing. Uh, coming back to faith, you know, in the beginning, in the in the beginning, there was the word, and the word was God, and all and all and all. And for me, that means vibration, sound. Mm. And you know, there's so many things about yoga, and we talk uh, and yoga, we talk about frequencies and, and certain aspects of yoga. We talk about, we chant. Um, you know, the way we breathe, these are vibrations. And uh, there's something 
the best way I can show my love is to tickle your inner ear. I love so, that. <laughs> yeah. But yes, that's, that's something I'm interested in, voice acting. And it, that was the whole moment. <laughs> uh, sorry. No, I love it. I, um, there's, uh, there is, it's, it's kind of amazing. You can get scripts like on um, an audition. I, I'm sure you know. I'm sure you know about this stuff. But I do uh, not. So don't let a girl know. I'll, I'll let you after this is over. I'll, um, I'll 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 like send you some stuff I found because it's pretty. It's it's a pretty interesting. It's pretty easy to audition. I found so. Hey, that's interesting. Hey. And I see, I see your mic in the background too. Yes, I do. Well, <laughs> Zoom life as a teacher. Ooh, yeah, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> uh, can I ask what advice you might give yourself or someone starting out in the yoga profession? What advice might you want to give them, or what advice might might have you really liked to hear starting out? I'm going to take a second because, you know, there's always so much. There's always so much. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go mama bird on this one and kind of get on the soapbox for a second. Okay. When going through for your yoga education to become a teacher, Please find teachers that have 10 years plus knowledge. Mm. And I'm just going to leave it at that because if I go anymore, I got a whole soapbox in that. Okay. But when you're going for your 200 hours, 300 on, please find teachers that have 10 years plus knowledge. Because that, that 10 years experience, there's so much wisdom there. Yes. And the depth of knowledge gained and the quality of knowledge gained. Mm -hmm. It's something else. They can truly guide you and teach you mm -hmm. on, on a level that someone maybe five years. No. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like, <laughs> I love to connect things to like life. It's, I don't, if, if any, you said I was a foodie. Um, so I don't, actually I don't mind going to in this direction. Uh, I'm a Southern girl. I'm a Southern mm. girl through and through. We cook with seasoned, cast iron, seasoned cast iron skillets. Mm. Let me put it to you this way. If you have ever cooked out of a seasoned cast iron skillet, you know there is nothing like that food that you eat out of that skillet. Uh -huh. But if you cook in a cast iron skillet that is not seasoned, you will destroy every meal you try to have. Get your education from a seasoned skillet. Yeah, I like that. That's great advice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a, <laughs> there, there's something about, again, I, well, what we're talking about balance, there's something about having gone through something to have actually applied your knowledge over a dedicated period of time. Mm -hmm. So, yes, when you're starting out, please, please. Yeah, I'm done because I got a soapbox. That's yeah. some good advice. That's good advice. I love that. Mm -hmm. How uh, how do you reset personally? How do I reset personally? I'm still figuring that out. So I'm going to tell you what I've been trying. 
<laughs> I reset personally, honestly, um, is learning to be vulnerable. That's right now, currently in my life. I, I'll just in all transparency, because that's something that's arising for me to be very important. And crazy times we're in. I mean, I don't know if you date these or whatever, but we are going through a lot and we'll leave it at that. And it's hard to find equilibrium. And I'm yeah. finding with each day, if I open myself enough to be honesty, honest, and I think true honesty does involve a level of being vulnerable. Uh -huh. I feel lighter. I feel balanced. I feel grounded. So that's something. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's scary. But again, you come back to the fear, working with your warrior, turning that fear into curiosity, into exploration and discovery, and hopefully adventure. Yeah. So I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Love. See, love. <laughs> let's just, let's just share the love. And um, on a more uh, like tangible note, mm -hmm. good food, good food and laughter. Laughter. Mm -hmm. is the best I love that. Yeah. Uh, laughter. I honestly, I feel like the best gurus you will ever find on this earth is a comedian. Yes, I'm actually writing a thing about that right now. Yes. New I like you. I love yeah, you. and I have an episode coming up about it, like in, in a while, but Okay. Ooh, I cannot wait to hear that. But yes, comedians. I okay, I feel bad. I can I can I be honest with you on this? I feel bad. I feel a little naughty when I do this in my classes, but sometimes, sometimes I, I will theme a class and I will tell my students, I'll just be like, you know, today's class, I just want you to think about your breath. And I, I tell them, you know, let's be honest here. We're working with yoga here. And these are in translated interpret texts. And they all, we're all talking about breath. But let's just have a moment to be honest. This is translation. Things get lost in translation. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, you know, a, a breath is just an inhale to exhale, a giving in to let go. And why not do that with a smile? Why not call that laughter? What if, what if, let's just be a little weird here and say, what if? We got it wrong in our translation. What if the cue wasn't to breathe, but to let yourself laugh? <laughs> I like that. I like what if? that. Just, you know, going out there. What if? Because like it's just, um, it's also really great for the psoas. It's like, the in my mind, laughter is the best psoas release you'll ever find. Mm. And um, if you ever met a comedian, and this is kind of harsh to say, I think, but if you ever met a comedian, there is something kind of dark about every single last one of them. And yet some kind of way, they find a way to smile and make you smile too. It's, it's the sad face, happy face mask. It's like mm -hmm. that whole thing. I used, so just so you know, that episode I'm gonna do, I used to be a comedian, so I'm relating that to yoga. And there mm -hmm. is very dark. I used to be in that scene. It's very dark. Um, <laughs> I see you. I get yeah. it. I, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so it, it's, but it's, you know, it's what, what makes you laugh? What makes you laugh in particularly? Dark humor. Dark humor? Me too. <laughs> <laughs> dark humor. Oh, I like that. Oh, man, and it's, it's dark. But 
<laughs> it's laughter. And honestly, some of those moments, uh, I felt healed on the other side. Mm. I did. Now, and, and, and uh, I think, I feel, you know, I feel like dark humor gets such a bad rap. Because I feel like it's like individuals think, or, and I could be wrong, but I feel like individuals think it's like, I just like laughing at bad stuff. And it's like, no, I just appreciate time to take it long enough to see that there are bad things and there is still another way to look at it. Mm, yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. Mm -hmm. But that, but again, that, Dark, we'll leave it with that. Dark humor. It's our thing. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and cartoons. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm a child at heart. I'm still figuring out this whole adulting thing in life. Uh -huh. I love a good cartoon. A good what do you, part, what do you like, like to watch? Um, Adventure Time. Okay. Even Universe. Uh -huh. uh, Phineas and Ferb reruns. Uh, uh -huh. Ooh, Rugrats. That's what Rugrats. generation I felt like Rugrats was specifically made for me because I was born in 1990 and so and the show was created in 1990 and they did like a whole 10 year old episode and I was like mom this is for me because I'm 10, I'm 10, like I was connected to that show. Yeah, the writing's really good. The, just it the is. writing as an adult looking back being like wow they they're really funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah those are the things. Oh, so we're kind of getting into, already we're getting into quirky territory, and this show is all about celebrating people's quirks. Would you care to share with us three quirky facts about you? Um, I am a junior Olympian of, sab of fencing. What? Saber. I yeah. used to fence when I was little. What? Are you serious? I was, I mean, it was like a semester or two, but... I never would have known that you like that you're a junior Olympian of fencing. It, it, it sounds a lot glamorous than what it is, but yes, I am. Yes, I am for the Arklamis area division. Okay. I'm a junior junior Olympian. I think either year two thousand seven, two thousand six. I did four years. I was in fencing for four years of high school. For, well, high school. Wow. Yeah, saber was my weapon. Loved it. What was it, frappe or flambe or what was that little move? That is for cooking. <laughs> there was some like foil. Foil is a weapon. Oh, I can't even remember. There was, I thought there were names for moves. There, is, there are names for moves, yes, but they're like, you know, uh, like one, two, and three. They're, well, oh, like, there aren't any like fancy friends. Okay. No, 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 no. My memory is just not. Really but the weapons were foil, epee, and saber. Foil, epee, saber. Okay, okay, okay. That makes sense now. Cool. Yes, I am a junior Olympian. Um, let's see what else is interesting. I do have a lot of interesting things, but they're like, is, is, do I want people to know about those? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I am more interesting. I just can't think of them. I don't know. It, it's a hard. It's a hard thing to like to to get because it's just three things. So we know you love cartoons. What is the quirkiest thing you've ever cooked? Do you quirk? Do you cook quirky things even? 
Yes, I do cook quirky things. And honestly, the the quirkiest thing, I tell you this, I'm not gonna tell you the quirkiest thing I've ever cooked. It's the quirkiest thing I've ever eaten. Ooh, and yes. I'm, and I'll, I'll, I'll connect it to yoga. Oh, and Papa Vata. I believe in balancing, you know, we balance your doshas. Mm -hmm, yeah. uh, and uh, I like bread. I like vegetables. <laughs> I like sweet things. Uh huh. And this was, I actually would eat this way during fencing or like when we had tournaments because there was so much stress and it was like comfort food for me. And so mm -hmm. when we have to travel for different tournaments, when we would go to IHOP, mm -hmm. I would always get a Belgian waffle with mashed potatoes mm -hmm. and broccoli. <laughs> good god that was a little bit quirky yeah yes <laughs> like and then i and i will always do that with my friends and you know we're kids we don't care and the first time i got it was my mom she looked at me she looked at the waitress and she's like she's not pregnant she's just different <laughs> But no, it's just like, I, I don't know what it is, but there's something about that meal that just, just happy place straight away. I love but, it. Well, you have well, a little bit of the green, a little bit of the like broccoli nutrition, but then like when I think of waffles and mashed potatoes, like, oh, it's just so comforting. Mm -hmm. It's comforting. There's a little salty. There's a little sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why Corky's, I, I love to eat. I love, lo well, I don't eat it anymore because honestly, the idea of it now, I would eat it. I take that back. I would still eat it. <laughs> I just don't go to IHOP anymore. I'm a little jealous. I didn't think of it till now, till you mentioned that. I mean, well, it's that's not too far away from chicken and waffles, right? Yeah, it's not too far away from that. Not too far away from that at all. But now I feel better about it. Okay, then. Thank you for that. What, you, what is your go to cooking? What do you cook now? Like you said you're a foodie. What are you cooking that at Cast Iron Skillet? I will, in all transparency, right now, I have been um, eating HelloFresh because it's just really mm -hmm. convenient mm -hmm. because I'm not going to lie to you. I went to culinary school. I know how to cook. What? So. Oh, yeah. That's interesting about me. I went to culinary school. <laughs> I love I that. Culinary school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've lived a lot of life, my friend. I have. Yes. Uh, yeah, I went to culinary school. I can cook, but then there it's the thinking about what you're going to cook that sucks. And so I've really been enjoying HelloFresh. And what I've been cooking in the skillet and what I've been coming back to is um, anything that's ramen. There's something, and I know it's hot as guts outside, but mm -hmm. it's just a good thing for ramen. And just like there's a recipe they recently sent and it's just lovely and so like yeah that's what i'm cooking mm. yeah all right well where can people find you sam um they can find me on instagram at asanas with sam that's should i spell it you can do yeah you can do whatever you like okay that's a-s-a-n-a-s -A -A dot with dot sam cool and that's the best way to find me because um, I suck at social media. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I suck at social media. But yeah, that's the best way to find me. And from there, I uh, post about my classes and where I teach. And again, I teach with practice via their Zooms about like four or five times a week. So pop into one of my classes if you would like to and see what it's all about.
All right. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed having you, Sam. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>